faith, if you're serious about growing your faith and you're serious about wanting to mature in your faith, you can't be hesitant. I mean, you're going to be fearful, but you have to know that this is something that's going to grow my faith more than anything else, right? Yeah. This is the next step in my journey, Yes, right? It is going to be an adventure. There's going to be ups and downs, but if you just live in the safety of, well, this is what's comfortable and this is what's easy, then it's never going to change, mm -hmm. right? And I think mm -hmm. that's so important is you have to step out in faith and share with someone, teach with someone about Jesus if you're really wanting to grow your own faith. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2024 and the Salty Pastor Podcast. We have a really big year laid out before us. The Salty Pastor Podcast is going to go places we have never gone before. We're going out into the deep water. Deep. Our motto is fluff is not enough, and it's going to take on a whole new meaning this year. Over the course of the next year, regular listeners to the Salty Pastor Podcast are going to be challenged to go places in their faith that they have also never gone before. It reminds me of when Peter first interacted with Jesus. He had been fishing all night long and had caught nothing he was cleaning his nets after a long shift and jesus uses his boat to speak to the crowds after he was done jesus said to peter cast out into the deep water and let down your nets this is what we're going to be doing this year cast out into deep water it's going to be a great year a new year with new possibilities and of course the captain of this will be the salty pastor himself dr douglas peak well, welcome everybody. It's so good in this new year, 2024, to be with you. I'm excited about uh, our time together in this coming year. I'm really enthused and encouraged and inspired about some of the things we're going to dig into. I think it's going to be a great year for the growth of our faith. And I think our faith needs to grow stronger now more than ever because the world's just becoming a very unstable place. And there's so many things that I love about uh, the nation in which we live, the country in which we live. I love the principles on which it was founded, the core values of our founding fathers. But it's also important to say that back in the 60s, the United States of America has embarked on this uh, experiment, a new experiment called secularism. That is, hey, maybe we can be a nation without any type of uh, realistic worldview that's based and rooted in ancient history, particularly the Bible. We're just going to base it on secular humanism. Well, I think that whole experiment has failed. And how it affects you and me is that our families are being inundated with these highly contradictory values all the time, and that creates confusion. For people, it creates anxiety, depression. It uh, really creates uh, all kinds of unfavorable situations for people when they're trying to navigate life. And so, why I'm excited about uh, the Salty Pastor this year is that we're going to go deeper and people are going to know what they believe and why they believe it. And more importantly, what it does is it gives them a compass, it gives them a rock solid foundation on how to navigate the America that they live in today. And so that's why I'm looking forward to this year. I'm looking forward to everything we're going to jump into. So I'm very, very excited. I really want you to like and subscribe. Go to our YouTube channel. We have a brand new YouTube channel. It came out in November of last year. It's just for the Salty Pastor. And so it's for anybody who wants to listen anywhere throughout the globe. And so please go there, like and subscribe. That really helps uh, YouTube take notice of us and it gives us a, a little bit more access so that we can uh, reach people more effectively and we can offer resources and downloads and all these types of things. So go to our YouTube page, 
Like and subscribe and let us grow the ministry of the Salty Pastor and help people navigate this crazy world in which we live. So at the beginning of 2023, we chose a theme for the entire year. The theme was the foundation for all the Bible study that we accomplished last year. The theme also drove the direction of how the biblical principles we studied applied to everything going on in the world. Mm -hmm. The theme for 2023 was the kingdom of God. What is the theme for this year, Pastor? Talk to us about how you come about determining these themes and how do you uh, keep effect where, you know, keep keep us on course throughout the year. Well, I think the way in which the Lord leads me towards a theme for the year is that I start thinking about it in October of the previous year. So back in October of 2023, I started thinking about it, and I start by asking Jesus a question. And I try to formulate a really good question. This is a very important step because I'm not trying to ask just any question, but something that is really great. It really... Uh, cuts through all the noise. It needs to be uh, uh, focused on a really big idea of something that God's doing in a major way. It, it has to be a question that can reveal a, a really powerful biblical principle that if you grab a hold of it, it has impact on your life uh, for an extended period of long, uh, time. It helps you discover uh, the real nuggets or gems, the you know those diamonds in the rough of your faith. And so it needs to be what I call an upstream principle type of question, right? That affects everything downstream in your life. So what I do is I start thinking about a question. I formulate this question. I keep it in the front of my mind as much as possible. Now, I never expect Jesus to answer this question immediately. I don't like ask it and go, okay, Jesus answer. What I do is I just formulate this question and I ask it over and over and over again. And then what I do is I read the Bible each day when I read the Bible, my devotional time, or as I go through scriptures, if I'm studying or writing, uh, if I talk to elders, I talk to pastors about what is God saying to them. I interact with people who uh, I'm discipling or they're discipling or they're being discipled and I get general feedback from people. So what happens is as I do all of those things over the course of three months, What happens is the Lord begins to nudge me, speak to me, and confirms an answer to the question that I've formulated in my mind. Well, now you have me on pins and needles. Let's talk about the question and how you formulate it. What goes into that? What type of question did you come up with for last October? Well, uh, last year we spent all of the year on the kingdom of Jesus. Like, what is it? What's its nature? Where is it? How do you get into it, and how are you a part of it, and what difference does it make if you live in it each and every day? It is the major theme of all of the preaching of Jesus, right, recorded in the four Gospels. So as you study the specific theme throughout the Scriptures, you can't help but get the impression that the goal of being in the kingdom of Jesus is not just about a better life, right? Like, oh, I've been healed or I'm whole, I'm now have value and meaning and purpose, but it's about strength. It's about power. And so I, I started to think about that. It's like, how do you know when you're strong? How do you know when you're powerful in the kingdom of Jesus, right? I mean, 
do you get like these extra stars over your head that float around you, you know, <laughs> like in a video game? What, how do you know when you're powered up, so to speak? And so I was just kind of really thinking about that. And, and, I, and, and um, I asked myself, well, if strength is linked to maturity and maturity is what happens when you live in the kingdom of Jesus, how does maturity and strength come together or how, how are they intertwined? And so when someone started, some people were saying last year, saying, you know, I'm in discipleship because I need to learn how to walk with God. I really need to be inspired to walk more closely with God. I need to get my journey of faith moving. So people were asking these questions in, in discipleship as the reasons why they had gotten into a discipleship relationship. And so I was like, well, what does that look like? I mean, how do you know you're walking with Jesus? How do you know you're growing strong? How do you know you're mature. So the question began to focus on that principle, that idea. And it was simply, how do I know I am strong in the faith? And so I, I just kept asking Jesus, how do I know I'm strong in the faith? You ask me to grow strong in the faith. You ask me to persevere. You ask me to operate in a position of maturity and wisdom and authority. Well, how do I know when I've got that, right? Like, for instance, I went out to a restaurant a while back, just probably about mm, six months ago. And so I was with my son and his wife and some other people. They came around and they had, ordered, I think I ordered beer. They ordered a, a beer or something of that nature. And so they said, so the waitress cards them, right? And so I look at the waitress and I say, you know, in jest, I said, well, aren't you going to card me? And she looks at me, she says, your face is your card. <laughs> that kind of hurt a little bit, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, once you get to a certain level, you can just tell, right? You can just tell. Yeah, a lot of the gray hair gives it away, yes. right? It's well, so, which I mean, if you're if we're talking about one of your sons, he's starting to get gray hair in a point that <laughs> yeah, he could right. potentially I not know. get carded. He's soon prematurely too. gay, gray. Isn't that funny? But what I found interesting in that is like, okay, well, there's no gray hair that tells me I'm mature in the faith, is there? No, not really. Right? It's like, well, what does that look like? What? And so that's a question I had flowing around in my mind. And I, I got to the point, it says, how do I know I'm strong in the faith? How do I know that what I am doing is growing my faith and producing maturity? So that question became Jesus. How do I know I am growing to maturity as your disciple? So that was the question that I asked Jesus back in October. Well, and I think you know, this process you're talking about, cause you're talking about one of the things I love about the podcast is, is we're really just getting insight into how you go about writing your messages, how mm -hmm. you go about leading the church as far as themes and how you are growing in your own faith as mm -hmm. you are doing so. Right. And so what I, what I'm taking out of this is it's always really good for us to also be mimicking this way of seeking answers from Jesus well, first you got to come up with the right question to ask, right? Yeah. If you're just like, well, God, just tell me what to do. It's like, do in what? Finances? <laughs> love life? Yeah. How you're driving down the road and screaming at people? <laughs> like, what are you wanting feedback yeah. on? That's too broad of a question. Yeah. yeah. And then actually backing it up by going, okay, well, I'm going to study on it. And I'm if I'm really seeking, um, you know, an answer from him, it's, you know, a process of fasting. It's a process of being in the scripture. It's yeah. a process of 
making sure you've crafted mm-hmm. the right questions so that you're not just leaving it open to vague assumptions that then could potentially let your flesh influence how yeah. that is led, right? Like, yep. I think those are important things. And so mm-hmm. it's really important to have that really good question because that keeps you on target and focused. So take us through the process of how you believe Jesus answered your question. You mm-hmm. said, you know, you put it out there and then you went through this process. What did that, what did the answer look like? Well, you know, one of the things that is I'm always drawn back as the Lord begins to to lead and to nudge and I'm listening to people, it always goes back to Scripture for me. And one of the things that just came out uh, over and over again was an axiomatic truth from Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And an axiom, an axiom is a foundational truth, you know, that never changes. Not just a gem in Boise? It is not a gem in Boise. It is a true, uh, a truth that never changes, right? And people would say, oh, that's an axiom, okay? So like the speed of light, you know, is an axiom, the, those right. types of things. Well, <clears throat> in chapter 3, verse 1, uh, Solomon writes, there is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every matter under heaven. And then in the next nine verses, you know, he says there's a time for planting, a time for harvesting. And everybody oh, yes. knows that part yep. because the birds made a song out of it in the 70s, okay? But what a lot of people do is they stop where the song stops, and they don't read verse 11, 12, 13, and 14. And I want to read those verses to you. He says, there is an appointed time for everything there's a time for every matter under heaven. So there's a seasonality. And then he talks about, lists out all these different seasons, right? And then verse 11, he says this, he, God has made everything appropriate in its time. So that tells you that there's some things that are not appropriate if they're not in the right time. Okay. okay? Like for instance, let's a very blatant example and that is you don't marry a 10 year old girl to somebody correct that's wrong why well because it's inappropriate in its time now when she's 21 or 25 then it can be appropriate she can say i want to get married because she knows what she's doing when she's 10 no so there it says god makes everything appropriate in its time listen to this he is also so this is something else he's done set eternity in their heart without the possibility that mankind will find out the work of which God has done from the beginning to the end. So what, what he's saying there is this, is that you have a sense of eternity in your heart. That's that kind of that longing, but we do not have the possibility of figuring out why on our own. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Okay. That's one of the reasons why Christ came. Verse 12, I know that there is nothing better than for man to rejoice and do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every person who eats and drinks should see good in all of his labor. This is a gift from God. Now, when they say labor, we always think, oh, it's the nine to five job I have. But that's not what he's talking about, right? They didn't have a nine to five punch a clock type of seasonality. They had seasons of different types of work. And so when he says your labor, everything, every endeavor, running your household, you know, working on your marriage, raising your children, producing income to f- or producing a harvest to feed them, all that type of stuff. He says, it's good for you to eat and drink and see good in everything that you do, all of your labor in life. 
It's a gift from God. Verse 14, he says, I know that everything God does will remain forever, and there is nothing to add to it. There's nothing to be taken away from it. So here's the axiom from this passage of Scripture. There comes an appointed time in your life where you must discover how to rejoice and do good, to be able to discover and see the good in all of your labor, in all that you do. Therefore, the theme for two 2024 that I've gleaned from this axiomatic truth and based on the question that I asked God is that our theme is to expand the kingdom of Jesus. So we are going to be expanding the kingdom of Jesus as our theme for the entire year 2024. Well, I think that's really powerful because, I mean, we've just spent a year learning what the kingdom of God is Mm -hmm. really right. Like, so right now is the best time for us to go, okay, well now I have an understanding. Now I can go help grow it. Right. Like I, Mm -hmm. I really do understand it. We've spent a year studying it. I'm, I'm seasoned in this now. And so now I know what I'm expanding. Right. Cause it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a bit harder sell for people if they're like, well, you're asking me to go do something that I don't understand what I'm doing. Right. That's never a good thing. And I'm assuming that, that, Throughout the year, we're also going to be talking about how to expand the kingdom, right? Sure. Like that's that's going to be part of your focus of your teaching. But if you don't even understand what the thing it is that you are expanding, then yeah, they're, they're, that typically doesn't go well. It's like selling to, to, sending a sales rep out to sell a vacuum that they don't know anything about the vacuum. They're just like, <laughs> yeah. here, I just sell this vacuum. And then yeah. when the people start asking, you're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So I think that's really important that we are spending time focused on that because I think it's so important. And I think as a whole, like you said, this is going to really challenge our listeners here on the Salty Pastor podcast. This is typically everyone's cool with, okay, yeah, I can get behind going to church. Yeah. I can get behind like being in a small group. Yeah. I can Mm -hmm. get behind, you know, serving even sometimes. Um, but once you start saying, Hey, you got to go out and share your faith and like bring people, that's where it's usually like, yeah, but, right? <laughs> oh and my. That, yeah. That's where the brakes usually start getting pumped up. Yeah. Like, well, now you're, now I'm really outside my comfort zone. Like that really pushes people into the deep yeah. water. And so I think this is going to push all of us pretty deep out into our, the deep waters of uncomfortable, yes. but that's the only way to grow the kingdom. And I'm sure you're going to talk about that. So connect the dots for me when it comes to why this is such an important part of growing our faith strong. Cause that was your original question is right. Was, am I growing strong in my faith? Am I growing mature in my faith? And this is the answer that God gave you was, well, you, you demonstrate that through expansion of the kingdom. So, yeah. And that, that, cause most people, it's like you were saying is that most people get on board with this, this, and this, but when you say, hey, it's time to share my faith, they're like, oh, I'm going to pump the brakes. And I, th- and I ask myself this question, well, why do people do that? Why is it that, you know, we're fine with this, 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 and this, and this, but then there's this other thing that's really prevalent, right? And you look at the Great Commission, go and make disciples. I mean, that was the whole point, and that's what the disciples did. And I'm thankful the disciples did that because if you really think about it, you and I are here because of what the disciples did. Right. What do you think if the disciples said, I'm going to pump the brakes on that. (laughs) Well, I'm sure they were hesitant to start too, right? Like I'm sure they weren't thrilled to be like, Hey, go out on your own now. Right? Like it was easy when they were with Jesus. Cause it's like, he does all the hard work. He does the miracles. It's easy. Right. And (laughs) then it's like, okay, he sends them out on their first mission and is like, okay, you're just going to take nothing with you and you're just going to wander out and go do this thing. I'm sure they were hesitant too. 
But because but when they got back, what did they say? They said it was the most amazing thing that they have ever done. Right? Yeah. Like it was. And see, that's transformative. the key. I think that, and that's what I started to think about. And that is, is that what is our hesitancy? Is because we think that we're doing it as a duty for Jesus, and so it becomes a chore. Right? Mm. It's like. Like, well, I love my wife and she says, Hey, would you, you know, take out the trash? And it's not, I don't, I don't hate taking out the trash, but it's not like the you funnest don't, thing you either. You don't jump for joy when you get the chance. don't jump for joy either, right? You're not, fighting, you're not fighting your children to go take out the trash exactly. because you love it so much. This, let me put it this way. There's a different air. There's a different sense, a different vibe. When my wife says, honey, would you take out the trash? As opposed to, honey, would you come over here on the couch and sit by me and kiss me? I'm much more motivated for one over the other, and it's not the trash taking, let yes. me tell you. So one of the things that I think is is that we kind of look at it that way. But what I began to realize is that the is what Jesus is asking us to do and expand the kingdom is not do him a favor. We're not doing him a solid, like, oh, okay, I'll help out. And also, this is another thing, we're not doing it out of an overwhelming compassion and concern for lost people. Does God care about lost people? Yes. Do they matter to him? Yes. And so I, I, you know, I have to care about these people and that's why I'm doing it because I care so much about them. What about all those people who don't have the gift of empathy, you know? Right. And there's a lot of people who don't, you know, and that's fine. So my question is, is, is that I, de- I dug into it a little bit di- deeper. And, and this is what, there's two passages that really stuck out to me as I was, as I was focusing on, oh, okay, in Ecclesiastes, we have an axiomatic truth, right? That there it comes an appointed time in my life where I must discover how to rejoice and do good in everything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I need, and that's, that's how I grow strong. So listen to this passage in Hebrews chapter 5. The author says to the people of God, concerning God, we have much to say. It is difficult to explain since you've become poor listeners. So he's talking about Jesus. He says, concerning Jesus, we have much to say, but it's difficult to tell you because you are a poor listener. In other words, you can't hear Mm. what you need to hear. And what did Jesus say at the end of all the time when he would teach something really profound? He would say, he who Mm -hmm. has ears ears to to hear. hear. And, and, And so he's picking up on this. He says, you're a poor listener, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the actual words of God, and you have come you have come to need milk and not solid food. So he's saying the reason you're a poor listener is because you only drink milk and you have to have the elementary principles of the, and I love this word, actual words of God. There's so many people go around and say, well, God said, God said, God said, and you're like, no. He didn't say that. He actually said this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think that it's really interesting is that that lack of precision is a problem when you're when you're an engineer, a mathematician, right. or a pilot, right, when you're flying a plane. Yes. So he says, look, look at verse 13. Everyone who partakes only of milk is unacquainted with the word of righteousness. Okay, so if you want to grow strong, you need to be acquainted with the word of righteousness. Now, this is not some ethereal, supernatural, you know, the word of righteousness is proclaimed through the word of God in your life. He says, you're not acquainted with that because you're an infant. You can't, he goes, solid food is for the mature. Listen to what he says. 
because of practice, they have trained their senses to discern between good and evil. So then you couple this with Ephesians chapter 4, where Paul writes, verse 11, Now God gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay, so he gives these roles to the church mm-hmm. in order to equip the people in the church, the saints, to do the work of ministry, which is service. And this builds up the body of Christ. Verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So he's saying that there are apostles, prophets, teachers that are here to teach you how to exercise your faith. And when you do that, you build up the church. But it says you attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. You become a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So when these roles help you exercise your faith, guess what happens? You become mature. And then this, this is a great, uh, verse 14 is a great verse. He goes, as a result of this process, the effect of this process, the consequence, the outcome of this process, of you being in this process, is you are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But you are able to speak truth and love. We are here to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building of itself up in love. So the point of the Ephesians passage is this. You need to grow up right? And become a mature person. A mature person understands and lives in the fullness of Christ. The result is you're no longer children. You're no longer tossed here and there by every wave. You are no longer carried about by every wind of doctrine. You avoid the trickery of people. You avoid the craftiness and deceitful scheming of other people. Now you couple this with the Hebrews passage, right? And you find this incredible symmetry happening. The Hebrew passage tells us that the biggest hurdle in growing mature is that we don't eat solid food. Mm. We don't eat it. So what is the solid food? Well, it's more than the elementary principles of the actual words of God. He says what you should be is you should be a teacher at this point. So there's roles in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers that are here to equip me to work out my faith, to wor- exercise my faith, right? And so that way, when I start doing that, I'm eating solid food. And then he says this, by now you ought to be a teacher. So what is the unspoken premise of that? Is that when you become mature, what do you automatically start doing? Teaching. Teaching, right? And so, therefore, growing strong and mature is all about eating solid food. And I know I am eating solid food when I can teach it to someone else. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've read through that section of verses multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important point that you've pulled out of it in, in tying with this theme that God's um, worked with you through is that, you are supposed to be at a point like you can't just keep going back to milk, right? Like you can't mm-hmm. just keep going back to, well, we're just going to go back to the basics again and we're just going to keep 
reading these same passages and never growing, right? And yeah. and the assumption is, well, at some point you need to grow up. And part of that growing up process is once you hit a certain age, you start, or basically a certain level of maturity, you're supposed to start teaching and sharing, Yeah. right? Very similar to if a child's growing up at some point, their parents expect them to move out and go get a job, right? <laughs> and so it's like the expectation is you have to, at some point, you can't just keep regressing back to, well, I'm just going to stay here yeah, because yes, right. it is comfortable. And yes, because it is who, easy. Who, who's when you're immature, who does it impact negatively the most? You exactly. Yeah. And so if you really want to grow your faith, if you're serious about growing your faith and you're serious about wanting to mature in your faith, you can't be hesitant. I mean, you're going to be fearful, but you have to know that this is something that's going to grow my faith more than anything else, right? Yeah. This is the next step in my journey, Yes, right? It is going to be an adventure. There's going to be ups and downs, but if you just live in the safety of, well, this is what's comfortable and this is what's easy, then it's never going to change, mm -hmm. right? And I think mm -hmm. that's so important is you have to step out in faith and share with someone, teach with someone about Jesus if you're really wanting to grow your own faith. Absolutely. And so... Um, what else do you have, Pastor? Well, I, I, I mean, just picking up on what you're saying there, I think it's really important. A lot of times people will come and say, well, I'm, I'm a weak Christian. And I'm like, you're not weak, you're just immature. And some people say, oh, I'm so confused. I'm so confused about what God wants me to do. You're not confused. You're just weak. You're an immature Christian, right? Because the more mature you become, then what happens? The more clear your life purpose becomes. Right. And some people will say, you know, I'm an ineffectual Christian. Or, you know, in other words, people put themselves down when it's, well, you're not a bad Christian, a confused or ineffectual or any of these things. What you are is you're just immature. Mm. You know, I don't expect an infant that's two months old to do anything at all, right? But right. I expect my 20 year old son to be doing a lot. <laughs> and so now, in this realm, nature just automatically happens. Well, guess what? Spiritual growth, it, it can kind of happen, but you have to realize there's a lot of things out there trying to stunt your growth. And so you need to engage in the process, and then it will naturally occur. But it doesn't naturally occur from a spiritual standpoint unless you engage in the process. So that's what it's all about. That's why the theme this year is expand the kingdom of God, because the best thing that's going to happen to you in your faith is when you engage in the ministry of the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Pastor. I really appreciate um, you explaining through the process of how you uh, came upon our new theme and our new focus for this year. I'm excited, and I'm going to be honest. I'm one of those people that's a little nervous. Like, I even work in ministry, and sometimes I'm still like, okay, but what does this actually look like? You know, you start throwing words around like, we're going to go out and get people. It's like, okay, I've heard some of your ideas before, Pastor. How are we going and getting people? So I think it's good, and I think I'm excited, but I think it's also going to put all of us into deeper waters, but that's where we become stronger swimmers, right? That's right. He's that's out exactly in the deep right. water. So thank mm -hmm. you guys so much for joining us. Make sure you do hit that like and subscribe button. We do want to grow our, our uh, viewer base on YouTube because that lets yes. us reach more people. and. As Pastor Doug just said, we're trying to expand the kingdom of God, and this is literally something that takes you two seconds, and you're already making an impact and helping mm -hmm. expand the kingdom of God when you help Amen. us grow that subscriber base because oh, YouTube yes, starts absolutely. feeding it out to other people. So yes. this is an easy thing. This is a low... 
<laughs> this is the easy first step that requires yeah. you to not even have to talk to anybody. You just click on yeah, something. It's a low rung on the ladder. Yes. So thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you on Thursday here on the Salty Pastor Podcast. Mm-hmm. Grow strong. <laughs>